you know, Norman Vincent Peale once said, it's not what happens to you in life, it's what you do with what happens to you that really matters. And, and that, to me, is the measure of a man. This is Crime Scene. I'm Jordan Fenster. In this episode, rather than look at a crime or at a criminal, I wanted to examine the aftermath to see the effects of murder and other acts of extreme violence, specifically among the officers of the law who encounter it every day. But before we get started, a warning. The following episode contains graphic depictions of violence and several expletives. Discretion is advised. That being said, I'll get right to the point. In 1993, Officer Leary Johnston was shot in the head. Well, I, I got shot in the head 24 years ago, uh, mischief night. Leary still walks with the help of a cane, and 24 years later, his speech is sometimes halted. He walked into my office with two friends in tow, guys he calls his family. I, I'm, 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 I'm richly blessed because I'm still here, and... I have a great both on-the-job and off-the-job family. Uh, Paul Puccini, retired detective from City of Mount Vernon, got on a job in 1991 and retired in 2009. Uh, blew my back out fighting some kid with a gun. Matt Frank, I'm a retired detective from Mount Vernon Police Department. I retired in 2010 after uh, being involved in the shooting in 2006. All three of them were police officers in Mount Vernon, New York, and all three of them have dealt with serious injuries. Their injuries were very different, but the challenges have been, as I think they might agree, somewhat similar. Let's start with Leary. It was uh, what we call mischief night, and there was a gang that there was a, a gang called the Young Guns. Uh, they were wanted for um, for an escape, uh, disorderly conduct. The, the, the night before, two officers that were were um, on the beat, they assaulted them, uh, and this particular guy played a played a role in it. So they, there was a warrant out. So. Um, we saw him and, you know, we approached him. He knew we were coming for him. He knew, the guy's he's, he's a criminal. He decides, I don't want to go back to jail. So he waits until we, we, we uh, come up on him and he turns around and just starts shooting. So I, my my partner got hit in the leg, and I got shot in the, in the head. Paul remembers visiting Leary in the hospital, not knowing if his friend was going to live or die. You line up in a goddamn hospital room in the hallway, and you go in one at a time, and you say goodbye to your friend. Tubes all over him. His head was bandaged up. Get a quick minute. You give him a kiss, tell him you love him. That's it. And, and 
I hurt for him. We hurt for him. Because he didn't deserve this. He couldn't ask for a finer man. I didn't, again, I didn't know him from a whole new world before I got a job. And we just bonded so much. And it was just deep, man. Well, what I remember after that is wake up, waking up in the hospital. And I didn't even remember. I didn't even remember how, how I got there. I didn't, I didn't even know I was in the hospital. So, it, you know, it wasn't until around about three months I, when I was in re rehabilitation that the Sarge, Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Hackett, I asked him, what happened? And he said, oh, you got shot. I just fed up on Matt was also shot on the job, though under very different circumstances. He had been questioning a suspect for 17 hours and was about to give up and let him go when the suspect attacked him right there in the interview room and went for his gun. He's lifting me off the ground by my gun. That's how strong this guy was. He had that rage, and I'll never forget the look in that guy's eyes. And um, I realized... At that moment, I just realized that I can't hold on to this gun anymore. And um, I said, there's no way I'm going to hold on to this gun anymore. Um, and then I started thinking, you know, shit. You always wonder where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. I said, this is it. I said, I'm, I'm fucking dead. I'm just dead. And, and just like that, I, I realized that's how it ends. You know, and... You know, they say that you, you, you see your life flash before your eyes and everything, you know? And um, all, I, all I kept thinking about was my son, um, that um, he, he's going to have to grow up without a father. And um, I remember even though you know, my life, I felt my life was coming to an end. That to me was, was the worst. He managed to release the magazine, but that still left one bullet in the chamber. Um, I feel his hand jerk and you hear a round go off. And you hear like a pop. And I remember like my legs are sticking out like this. and He's on top, top of me like this. And... I remember I was wearing um, Timberland boots, and all of a sudden, I felt like somebody hit me with a bat in the side of my foot. Not the pain, but the force. And I see my foot just go like this, you know? And I, I figured that, I said, did he just shoot me? Right? So I, I said, I figured there was no pain, you know? Um, and I figured that- As for know, Paul, just hit his me. injuries were less obvious, but perhaps- much more common. You can't imagine what it does to you emotionally. You just, you just, it just, it eats you up. And that's where the PTSD comes in. Because that job will make you an animal. You see shit that you don't think you would ever see in your life. And I'm not knocking the people who live there, but the way things you see while you were there. Like you would, I would never, the first time I went to the projects at 70 West 3rd Street, I had no idea. Somebody pissed on the floor in the elevator. You say to yourself, who does that? 
Who would piss on the floor in their room where they can live? Where their mother walks? So you see shit. That just, just starts it. And then how many times are you going to chase some guy through a backyard? How many times are you going to see some kid with his brains on the sidewalk? How many times are you going to sit across the room or, or desk and you can listen to this little girl tell you how her father, her grandfather, her brother raped her? How many times can you listen to it before you just, you put 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag and it, it, it just takes its toll on you? Paul looks like a tough guy. He's clearly in shape and walks around with a gun in his belt. But he doesn't hide how difficult one particular week was. It was, as he describes, as horrific a week as anyone could endure. I had such anger in me and I had such emotions that it was just killing me. This is all within a span of four or five days. It was a year to the day that my grandfather passed away. At the time, I was 29, 30 years old. 29 years old, I was October, my birthday. I love my grandfather. It was a year to the day my grandfather passed away. Um, I found out that the car accident I got into six weeks prior, that my best friend from grammar school, whose head went to the fucking windshield of the car because we're going to a robbery in progress, I found out that he's never going to be able to be a cop again. I found out that he's got... Uh, uh, memory loss and, and blame is turned they said he scrambled his brain this is okay this is all coming i go to one call during the day i'm a detective now wearing a suit and i hear it on the radio of a baby not breathing so whenever we hear that boom you go you're the first one there i you try to get i get there this woman's coming down the steps holding this baby it was this 300 block of south 6th avenue she's bringing this baby down to me because i'm the first car on the scene and the baby's green black baby green like this green I go to give the baby mouth to mouth. No, don't. Baby's got AIDS. So I'm screaming on the radio for the fucking ambulance to get there. And what seems like it's probably minutes or seconds, but you're screaming. And this baby dies in my arms. And he's supposed to brush that off. You know, you got, okay, I'm this big tough guy. Next night, I come to work. There's a homicide, okay? This white kid went, this white junkie from Yonkers or from Mount Vernon, I forgot where he was. He went to buy drugs. They sold him beat shit. He turns around, confronts him, and they literally beat the shit out of him. They cut him with a, a, a not a box cutter, a, car, a, rug, a rug knife. Cut him from here, reached up, ripped him here all the way up to his ass, bleeding like a pig. Somebody got him in a, in a suplex hole, slammed him backwards, and his head, when I got there, his brains were coming out of the back of his head. So this is all within a span of four days, five days, I think what the hell it was. And how are you supposed to process all that? You know, there's only so much you could take. But still, he was reluctant to visit his EAP rep, the Employee Assistance Program representative who was there for just that purpose. And I was so embarrassed. I had to swallow my pride to go to ask him. And I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I was a fucking great cop. I did a lot of shit in that job, and I didn't want anybody to think that I was weak. Because I wasn't. I just didn't know. I didn't know that I was weak. Okay, so here are three cops. Solid, smart, capable guys. All of whom find themselves injured. Leary shot in the head and paralyzed on one side of his body. Matt's foot shattered, Paul struggling to make sense of the horrors he had witnessed. For Leary, dealing with his injury meant years of recuperation. 
I had to start my life all over again uh, from a, a baby. Uh, learn how to talk, learn how to um, walk, learn how to uh, communicate. Uh, that was one stage. Yep. Then I had to learn how to get back in the community. That was another stage. But I've always, I've always been a fighter. That I know. The, the simple things that we often take, take for granted, you know, you get up, you put on your, your clothes, and you go out, and you say you go to the store, and I had to learn all that all over again. Matt, too, had physical issues to overcome, but for him, the greater difficulties were psychological. It's nice, it's nice as a thought, you know, to have people wait on you and everything like that, you know, and, and the nice little sponge baths and stuff. But, but, but you almost lose some of your dignity. And, and again, when, when you have that, that feeling of, of, you know, you're a person who's a, 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 an authority figure and, and you're this strong, like Leary said, Superman, you know, and everything. And now you're just, you know, kind of sitting there and you got to kind of, piss in a bottle and you know wait for somebody to come and and you know bring you stuff it's um you know it, it's a lot to deal with remember if you're a cop chances are being a cop is a huge part of your identity it's not just what you do but a big part of who you are if you're going to be successful as a police officer it has to be part of who you are you know, there are police officers that just muddle through 20 years, you know, and, and you know, whatever they do, they don't really have um, great success nor failure. You know, they just, you know, they come to work every day, they do their job and they go home, you know, and, and they can't wait. They count the days till the 20 years is up and then they know that that's the time that they're starting to get their pension and then they'll move on to the next step. Um, you know, and there are guys that do that. And being a cop means you're an authority figure. It's your job to protect the community? Well, me personally, um, the injury um, itself was just a, a lot to deal with, you know. Um, the the harder part, okay, that's physical pain. Physical pain comes, it goes, you know. I deal with it every day, but, you know, I can survive on that. Um, the, the worst part for me was... Uh, trying to deal with the fact that I'm not a police officer anymore. It's a job that, that it That's becomes the, who you are. What he's saying right there it's, is the biggest thing. In a case like Paul's, the damage is harder to spot. Leary had a bullet in his head. Matt couldn't walk. So obviously, in Leary's situation, you can pinpoint um, if, if he was having emotional issues, you can pinpoint exactly the moment that that occurred right um that obviously ptsd is from a traumatic incident right and you know what it is with him uh with me i had a traumatic incident so so ptsd absolutely um there are specific uh a number of specific calls that paul probably went on that were so traumatic you know you go to baby homicides where there's hatchets sticking out of babies' heads and 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 parents you know, setting the kids on fire and, 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 and the, I mean, it's insane what, what, I mean, is reality. Um, and that's terrible. 
But what's worse than even PTSD, okay, what's even worse than that is the cumulative effects of a career in law enforcement. And, you know, again, there are cops that go their whole careers and, you know, like I was saying before, that never really, you know, wanted to be a cop, can care one way or the other, and then they just muddle through their lives and, you know, most of them just have desk jobs and things like that eventually anyway. It's hard, maybe impossible, to compartmentalize, to be on the job when you're on the job and home when you're home. Here's a, a dead baby in this arm, you know, a dead junkie in this arm. You got this one spitting in your face because you're wearing a uniform. You know, you have that one shooting at you, you know, and husbands beating their wives, wives beating their husbands, both of them beating the kids, you know, and and all this shit going on. And then you come home and it's like, you didn't take the fucking garbage out, asshole. You know, and then and then you got to now you got to be the different person and make no mistake. It's an injury. It's an injury. As real as any gunshot. They say it's an illness. They say it's a disorder, um, you know, cumulative stress disorder, post-traumatic distress, you know, uh, you know, so it, but it's, it's an actual injury. So it's no different from being a cop and getting shot and having this disability now because of an injury or being a cop and it's like your brain getting shot. All three said it's impossible to understand what it's like unless you've done the job yourself. To be completely honest, I almost started to resent my wife because she wouldn't understand. And then when I did try to say some stuff, then, you know, how's she going to know? It's not her fault. It's not because she's a bad person. She doesn't care about me. She doesn't love me. It's because unless you do this job, you could be as empathetic as, as anybody else. And you're never truly going to get it. That belief that nobody else can relate to what you've gone through also creates strong bonds between police officers. They call each other brothers. We're brothers. I have a brotherhood that, that can never be broken. After my incident, I'm, I'm in the hospital and, and seeing, you know, all, all the cops that come um, you know, the fact that there were cops that, that I never met um, that would come to the hospital just to see if I needed anything or if my wife needed anything while I was there, if my son needed to be picked up from school or, or anything. Um, you know, and then my son having experienced that at four years old and then asking me, you know, do you work with those guys? And when I tell him, no, I don't even know those guys. And... He said, well, why would they do that? And I said, because we're police officers, and that's what we do for one another. Now, I'm not a psychologist, and I certainly am not going to try and psychoanalyze any of these guys. But I find it telling that Matt has thrown himself into an organization he calls Westchester Blue. Well, the foundation is called the Westchester Blue Foundation. Blue, obviously, for the color blue. And it also stands for Brothers in Law Enforcement Uniting Efforts. Um, the foundation exists to provide uh, all types of support for police officers and their families that are in need. Uh, PTSD, cumulative stress, um, substance abuse issues, um, and financial issues if it's necessary. But mo most of it is the emotional issues that uh, 
come as a result of having a career in law enforcement. Paul's on the board, and Leary's involved too. Leary's like our adopted son. In addition to all the support they offer to police officers, they go into precincts and talk to cops about dealing with the tragedies they witness every day. So first of all, I get a little equity because I was a cop. We have plenty of programs and trainings where you have civilians trying to tell cops how to be cops, right? Which you don't stand a snowball's chance in hell. So at least I'm given the 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 respect enough to for for people to listen to me. Um, But you'd be surprised that the old timers are the ones that really listen. They won't say anything, you know, because of the culture that they were raised in in the police department. So they'll never certainly in front of anybody, ask a question or, or, or say anything. But you can really see that, that a lot of them are very interested because not only have they dealt with this sort of thing for a number of years themselves, they probably remember when they got on the job, the guys that had 30 years on the job that probably killed themselves and drank themselves to death. The newer guys, they want to still be the tough guy. But for the most part, you know, people people listen. Thanks to Leary Johnston, Matt Frank, and Paul Pacini for all their help. Before I go, I'd like to ask you to please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would be a big help. And if you can't wait a month for a new episode, sign up for the Crime Scene newsletter at lowhud.us slash crime scene. Every week, I share crime scene photos, new true crime stories, police files, transcripts, in-depth discussions, and more, all delivered to your email for free once a week. L-O-H-U-D dot U-S slash crime scene, all lowercase. This is Crime Scene. I'm Jordan Fenster.